But I think the, another part, when, when you're leaving, and let's say you're leaving a family, the family situation, and it can feel hard for you to do the leaving. And then when you look at their reactions when you're leaving, yeah. when you put yourself in their shoes, and, and if you're a key piece of the team and you're, you're taking off, you've got bigger, better things to do, it's hurtful. It hurts. Yeah. And it feels like you've been rejected. It feels like you're, yeah. you're being abandoned. So it's important that when we're the ones doing the leaving, that we, we help them to fill in the gap with the thing that's real. Yep. So that they understand the real picture of it, because I guarantee you, whatever the real picture is, it's not as bad as what they're going to fill it with. Yep. Welcome to The Critical Path with Mary and Jason, a podcast about business development, company culture, and loving the place you work just a little bit more. This is episode 41, and we have special guest... Jason. Hi. Jason, Jason Lang. Exteriors. Yeah. yeah. And exteriors. So Jason has uh, been in our orbit for uh, what, at least a year by now. Almost two years. Two yeah, years by now. Like two years. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we, we spotted Jason as being a leader of his organization working for AM Exteriors. Yep. So just tell us a little bit about you and uh, a little bit about AM. Sure. Um, yeah. So I've been in the construction business. Uh, quite a long time. I think it's coming up on 15 years. Been in construction management. So you're not a spring chicken. <laughs> no. <laughs> Been in construction management for probably about 10 of that. So um, kind of a good mix of stuff. Um, Did you work in the trades? Yeah, I worked as a carpenter for a while. I actually owned my own business for a little while. Mm-hmm. Building, specifically doing like exteriors, so decks, fences, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Residential? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But nice big stuff, a lot of custom stuff. You know, I did one out in Buckley one time. I think the combined square footage of the two decks was about 1,500 square feet. So okay. like almost as big as a house. Yeah. Basically. So, so. Did you so, have a cool business name or are you just Yeah, it was like, called Mountain View Decks. Oh, I like it. And, okay. and that one was perfect because it, it was like a lodge style home, you know, so it came to like the point mm-hmm. and then it, it had a view right on it, Mount Rainier. So it was like, if there was ever like an <laughs> ideal like Mountain View Decks photo, that was it. That From that one. deck there. <laughs> so. So what does uh, AM Exteriors do? Um, AM Exteriors does uh, primarily exterior envelopes. So Mm -hmm. our main stuff is um, Division 7 Mm -hmm. for CSI code. So that would be like... For the um, the CSI nerds? Yep, for the CSI nerds, construction nerds out there. So um, weather barrier, air barrier, uh, window and door installation, um, exterior furring, um, and exterior cladding, sealants, that kind of stuff. So what's your role there? I am the chief operations officer. So that's that's big stuff. Yeah, big stuff, yeah. Mm -hmm. Used to be the VP and then took a little bit of a break mm-hmm. um, kind of, I guess, found my way a little bit. Yeah. Found, found out that I was much happier being back there. And, and I've been back there for about, oh, it's coming up on three months now. And right. it's, it's been great. So do you, do you listen to the podcast? I do. Yeah. yeah. Is it going to be a little weird listening to yourself? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what are we talking about today? Well, so, so we pause yeah. because we skipped the housekeep- oh, housekeeping, housekeeping section. Fine. Yeah. So edit. No, we don't have to edit. I'm editing. No, you don't get to decide okay, when here we, we go. edit. I get to decide Let's when we go. edit. Let's go. We talked about this. So, Halloween party. Yep. October 30th. October 30th. Hashtag. Hashtag get punked. Get punked. Yep. <laughs> That's what Jason chose. The glasses are coming. So, if you want your get punked pint, come on over October 30th. Yep. And we I want to see Halloween costumes. I mean Costume it. contest and haunted VR. It's going to be super spooky, but uh, we'll have something fun for the kids, too. Yep. But in other news, uh, we've talked a little bit before about the fact that we are sponsoring ABC's 
circus themed fall event. Oh yeah. And we are it's what, working big on big top and soda or yeah, whatever it's called. Yeah, we're working on a big surprise with that that yeah. is in the works. Just wait for it. It's going to incorporate with the podcast, so you guys, even if you're not at the event, will get to hear a little bit about what we're working on over there. And we'll probably have a couple of photos, but if you can make it to the ABC <laughs> Big Top event, by all means, come check it out. It's going to be out. a hoot. Watch for it. Watch for it. Sounds fun. Oh, you're you're, you're missing something I know. special. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Just rub it in like yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so back to talking so, about the subject matter of this week. What are we talking 41. about? So we kind of we opened up the topic and we said, Jason, uh, Jason Lang. What are we going to call? <laughs> we have to call each other something. So you're Jason too. <laughs> okay, perfect, perfect. So uh, Jason and then Jason too. Which okay, is I'll you. be Jason too. You get to be Jason like too. Austin Powers all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we we asked for a topic that you were interested in talking about. So what are we talking about today? Uh, we're talking about leaving well. Leaving well. So leaving leaving one place, starting in a new place, and what that process looks like. And um, that was a very appropriate topic. I know a lot of your story. Yeah. Um, you've had some of those, and um, I have as well. And yeah. so the other thing is that within the construction industry, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of turnover. There's a mm-hmm. lot of leaving, especially in the project management side of things. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it's pretty inevitable that it's going to happen to most people if you're mm-hmm. dedicated to staying in this business at some point or another, mm-hmm. either by your own volition or by the company that you work for and their decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what does that look like? Well, and I think it's it's a super relevant topic because if you follow the trends of the economy, when we're in periods of, of boom, you see much more turnover. You see much more people many more people leaving for for better opportunities choosing to leave yeah or maybe they have have been camping out because it's safe and now they feel like it's habitable enough out in the economy that they can actually try something different and maybe find a place that it's a better fit for them take a leap yeah so we talked a little in a previous episode it was episode 22 help i'm stuck and we talked about (laughs) some of the reasons that you might decide to leave someplace. Mm-hmm. We talked about the idea of either you leave because it feels like a prison, mm-hmm. because, or you, I'm sorry, you stay, you stay because it feels like a prison, yeah. and you don't feel like you have a choice, you can leave, mm-hmm. or you stay because it feels like a family and you don't know what they're going to do without right. you. Right. Yeah. So then we'll, we'll talk about leaving the prison environment and leaving the family environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Another reason to leave is even if you like the place you're working, but you don't see anywhere for you to go. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. nowhere to promote to. Yeah. So that's in your current organization, mm-hmm. right? So you, you don't see a yeah. place. There's not a position. There's not a vacancy. There's no potential growth or opportunity to yep. promote. I've had that happen before, too, mm-hmm. in one of my jobs. And uh, yeah, that's a really good one we can talk about a little bit more. And so one of our, our key clients, he was... Uh, running the service division for a mechanical company and he 15 years ago he left Mm -hmm. and I had asked him and he started his own business and 15 years later it's a successful business and he's happy and he's created his own home and family Um, and I asked him if he would have left if there were opportunity for him to promote and he he said no yeah. You know, whether that's true or not, that you know whether or not he would eventually left. I'm glad he did. His company's really cool (laughs) but still. And then finally, sometimes you leave for reasons that have nothing to do with work, because you want to move across the country, yeah, because right. you want to start your own business. Yeah. L- big life changes. Things that don't have yeah. to do with where you're working Have you had all. any of those big life changes that yeah. you kind of get this uh, wrecking ball that comes yeah. in at the side, and now yeah. we have to make a change? 
Yeah, I mean, one of the things I think to talk about most recently is, you know, I did take a break from working for AM. I decided to pursue another um, career in business envelope consulting. Mm-hmm. Somebody reached out to me. It wasn't something that I was looking for, but it was definitely on my radar mm-hmm. as something that I wanted to try. Not because I didn't like AM or anything like that. It was just something I was really curious about. and I, I wanted to go down that path, see what that was like. Mm-hmm. And then, lo and behold, a company came, offered me that. Uh, so one of the, the pieces that we talk about, and you can, I'm sure, relate to this, when when we go in and start working with companies as Arcade, and we're kind of evaluating the different team members, yeah. we have a five-point scale yeah. to determine how strong is morale, how stable is yeah. the, the team environment, and so one is they're actively looking. This person right. is actively looking, the resume is out there, right. and the first ship that comes by, they're going to jump on it, right? <laughs> yeah. All the way up to uh, five, that is, they're going to be here when the ship burns down. Yeah. Out of five, it would take like a pretty significant <laughs> change in life to get them to want to leave. And uh, oftentimes yeah. when we're brought in to help kind of ride the ship, you see a lot of twos. Yeah. A lot of people who, if it, the twos are, if something doesn't change, yeah. Quickly, then I'm gonna I'm gonna put my resume. Going to start right. looking. Yeah. And then is the three kind of like if the right opportunity comes yeah. along, I'll take it. You're not yeah. looking. Three is like yeah. I'm not particularly like I'm not particularly anchored here, mm-hmm. but I'm also not particularly looking to leave. I'm kind of yeah. right, just and then the, weighing the options. The four is if a really good option came by, yeah. I would have to look at it. And that's kind of where I was at. I think when I made that change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because I, you know, I. I really enjoyed working at AM in terms of small businesses. I've worked at a lot, a lot of small family-owned businesses, and you know, I gotta say, AM is probably one of the best. Once it is the best one I've ever worked at. Um, so That's yeah, really but yeah, it was just, it was just the case of you know that opportunity coming along and me saying, hey, I've been wanting to do this. Yeah. I thought I was gonna have to you know invest a lot in additional certifications, education, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, here comes a company saying. We want to hire you. Right. Mm-hmm. right. <laughs> yeah. As a senior consultant. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Let's see what that so, does. Yeah, let's see what that feels like. Let's so, see how that is. So now in your current title, it's your job to pay attention to where you think your people are on that scale. Right. So stay yeah. tuned, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so regardless of what reason you end up leaving a company, you want to make sure Seattle's a small world mm-hmm. and you don't yes. want to burn bridges. Yeah. So yes. Jason gives me endless shit for my whole life forever <laughs> about the fact that I once quit a job by fax. Nice. Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> it was a it was a radio station. Oh yeah. And it was a country radio station in Indiana. It was a country radio Whoa. station in Indiana. And I found out that they had been putting recording equipment into people's cars because they were they thought that their employees were talking about them and they weren't okay with that. And so they sent their audio engineer out into the parking lot and had him putting to bug recording them. equipment wow. in people's cars so that they could find out what everyone was plotting against them. Wow. Yeah, and Take so. Take a page out of Richard Nixon's book. <laughs> yeah, so I got a little freaked out and then I told uh, someone I worked with that I was thinking about leaving. And then the next day, I got summoned into a dark office. Like, oh, all geez. the blinds are drawn. <laughs> That's and usually like, never good. <laughs> yeah, and it was this woman, Rhonda. And Rhonda's like, we like you, Mary. We want you to stay. And I was like, oh, I'm staying. Oh, I'm definitely staying. And then I went home. And the next day, I was like, I'm not going there anymore. And he's like, well, are you going to at least call? I'm like, no. 
No, and there was no email at that point. So I just sent a fax, and it was like, I'm putting in my resignation. Stay away from my car. <laughs> it was Rhonda's voice, like, really that creepy? Was it really oh, like that? Oh, Rhonda yeah. was creepy. She was Rhonda a creepy was person. Creepy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She was creepy, and she was my superior. Like, she was the one who told me what to do the whole time I was there. And Wow. It was rough. The good, the free pizzas were good, but that was, like, the only thing about that job. Yeah. So, But it's important that... that uh, we don't burn bridges when we leave. Right. Yeah. And, and no, we don't quit by facts. You say construction is a, a very small world. Yep. Seattle is a very small world. Yep. Seattle construction it's is a very, very small world. world. Yeah. Uh, how about Seattle construction exterior contracting? Oh, geez. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you, you kind of yep. zero in there, and you're talking about a handful of players. Really? Yep. And that's, that's it. So uh, everybody knows everybody. Yep. And at some point, you will probably work with most people yep. in your industry. <laughs> That's true. And the, the part that I always take with me is if I fired somebody who worked for me, mm-hmm. one day I could work for him or her. Yeah. They could be my boss. Yeah. So it's important yep. that, that we treat everybody with kindness, not just out of fear, but because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. So uh, when, when we feel like we're leaving the prison, uh, we say it's important that, that we do whatever we can to avoid the middle finger effect. Right. Right. That you got out. And so if you were in prison for 10 years and you finally got out and you're thinking about all the guards and all the folks who prevented you from leaving did this to you. Yep. It's important that you do the best you can to to kind of keep your venom to yourself. There's some movie where he gets out and he's like, I quit. He's like, you're a jerk. Screw you. I'm paraphrasing. (laughs) Yeah, this is not. You're a jerk. Screw you. Screw you. You're okay. Screw you. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) And usually you wind up, you know, looking for uh, to be rehired after yeah. that, right? Yeah. That's how that <laughs> That's goes. It's very possible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm crawling back. Or you find out that the lottery ticket that you had, uh, the numbers weren't actually correct. You were a digit right. off. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. But I, I think another important part of this conversation, though, is not just keeping that, that kind of bitterness to yourself, but there are some kind of different choices to make. If you're leaving a very toxic environment, yeah. this is where you want to kind of keep everything you want. Say that, tell Rhonda that you're going to stay (laughs) and then quit by fax the next day or not. But like, this is where you don't want to announce you're leaving until you know you can Mm -hmm. have your exit plan secured. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you're in a situation where you have to leave and you know that it's a caustic environment, the way that you conduct yourself and let's say the security that you're putting in place is going to be a little bit different uh, in that mode because you really have to look out for yourself. Yep. It's yeah, kind of it's, it's kind of the true. fear drive. You want to drive. do the right thing and yeah. leave right, but you also want to make sure you're covered. Yes, um, I've got a great story about that actually. <laughs> Before coming to work for AM Exteriors, I worked for a um, kind of remediation contractor. Um, so like a serve pro kind of thing. Um, a little bit, yeah. They 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 did kind of a variety of different things. They were mainly a general contractor that was sort of shifting their business to getting into remediation. But, mm-hmm. you know, they still had a couple of like strip and reclad projects lined up and stuff like that. So well, I came on board and I started estimating for them. We ended up winning, you know, some significant number of more jobs, mm-hmm. um, some larger stuff, stuff that we hadn't ever been able to touch before. So, so things were going okay for a while. Um, but it was a very caustic and toxic environment. You know, the office was on the property of the owner. It was in a garage. Oof. Um, his yeah. office was like up in, in the loft of the garage <laughs> and everybody else was down below, yep. you know, where the mice traps and everything were. 
because mice got in the garage and it was freezing in the winter and whatnot. There's a bunch of junk in the garage. So it just wasn't a great app. Wasn't professional. No. And, you know, and, and then they brought in like some cubicles, like thinking that would make get better. But they were it's like still this, in a garage, still in a garage. And they were like this ugly mauve color. It was terrible. It was were they so secondhand? Awful. They were like, yes, totally. salvage. Yes, cubes? yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, so it really just sets the, the ambiance. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, and what made it toxic was that, you know, he really never took responsibility for stuff. And then his wife was also working with the business him and his wife's relationship like definitely played itself out in mm-hmm. the day-to-day of the business. So you were part of the relationship. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't good. There were several times where I'd be on a phone call talking <laughs> about something and then all of a sudden my phone would be blown up with a bunch of texts yeah. and I'd hang up the call and I'd look at it and it's the owner telling me to like stop having the conversation. It's because his wife is upstairs like reiterating my conversation like oh, verbatim back to the owner. And so I'm just like, wow. So it got to the point literally where every time she would come into the office, I would leave and go to Starbucks to work because mm-hmm. it was just like, I didn't trust being around that. I didn't want to be a part of that. Yeah. So, you know, that was So it one. felt like prison. Oh, it absolutely did. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. when you had the chance to get out, you got out. Yeah, I did. And so that was interesting because I was doing help. I was helping AM Exteriors on the side, helping mm-hmm. Pedro. At that point, it was just Pedro mm-hmm. trying to run a business all by himself. You know, and he had probably about 20 or 30 employees at any given time. Mm-hmm. So imagine trying to do all the estimating, all the books, you know, all the safety, age, everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Safety wasn't much of a consideration back then. Yeah. So. It's a different era. <laughs> different yeah. era for sure. But right. yeah, I, I'd been, you know, helping him do some estimating on the side, basically, um, you know, for, for cash and stuff like that. And then um, we started talking and then mm-hmm. I, you know, he found out about how miserable I was told me that there would be a place for me at AM Exteriors if I ever wanted to come on board. And so that process took some time. Mm -hmm. It was really hard for me to trust that he was going to do what he said he was going to do because of my current situation. So, I mean, we, I literally wrote up like, here's what I'm going to do for you. Here's what you're going to do for me. Here's the terms of our agreement, basically. And we both signed it. That's smart. It took about two months to like execute that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, once I did, I, I tried to give a three week, notice before I was leaving because I knew that as an estimator, you know, it was going to be harder to replace that position. I've been doing the bulk of the estimating for the company. Mm -hmm. So I tried to give them three weeks notice. Um, The owner turned around by calling me into the office later that week and telling me that I had to sign a non-disclosure slash (laughs) and I was like, no, that's not what I'm going to do. Yeah, Yeah, it wasn't part of my agreement when I started working for you. It's not going to be part of it now. What I I love when when (laughs) mom and pop contractors or businesses try to pull NDA requirements. Yeah. Like for what? What what do they know that nobody else knows? One was funny too because his reason for wanting me to sign it was because I knew personal information about him that he didn't want other people to know. So I was like, wow, this is even even better. So, I, you know, as a courtesy, what I did is I said, look, I'm not comfortable signing this. This is ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. This, this basically would make me unemployable in the state of Washington. Right. Uh, you but, know, and unenforceable. Right. And it's unenforceable, too. <laughs> so I said, look, if you want me to sign something that says I'm not going to disparage you, yeah. I can write something, though, and I'll do that. And yeah. I did. Well, and, and, and I, I didn't hear back from him. Anyways, it ended badly. Yeah, <laughs> sure. yeah. yeah. Well, and, and if you need me to write something and or sign something that says I will not disparage you, 
-hmm. We have the wrong relationship. We already have a problem. (laughs) We already. (laughs) Hence my wanting to move on. Already (laughs) have a problem. Already have a problem. So you say uh, you worked in a garage. So I had a a job where I worked for a lawyer and uh, found out after I hired on that Mm. his practice was in his house. This is an employment lawyer. I was going to, yeah, that was going to be the punchline. Oh, sorry. Nice. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Edit. Edit. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, this all stays in. Everyone gets to hear you ruin my stories. So I worked in the guy's basement and in, in an office. In his house. And was 19 years old, like wow. my first job in a law office. And he was like, you seem like a go-getter. I'm going to hire you. <laughs> so I'm working in the basement office. His kids are running in and out during wow. the day, like grabbing paperwork. And I'm like, do I tell him to stop it? I don't really know. And then uh, he would get out of the shower and come in and dictate stuff to me in a towel. Oh, geez. Wow. Yeah. Not, not even a bad lawyer. Huh? And that's the punchline. He was an not, not even lawyer. an employment, or not even a, a, a bathrobe, just a Whoa. towel. Nope, just a towel yeah. and big hairy chest. Yeah. Oh, it was and bad. And it was what, five eighty-five. I made $5.85 an hour. And yeah. when I told him I wanted a raise, he said he thought about it for like a long, like 30 seconds. He just sat there in silence and he cleared his throat and he goes, it's one of the great injustices in the world, but secretaries get paid. Also, he made me pick him up once from some kind of surgery and he smoked a cigar in the back of my like little tiny car. Oh, just while filled he, the thing with smoke. While, while wearing a beret. Wow. He was wearing a beret. Yeah. There was much ranting from me about the beret. So, uh, prison. <laughs> that was my prison job. Yeah. was so, one of my prison jobs. So the other way that we leave is when we feel like we're leaving a family behind. Uh, Sometimes it's important that you do leave yeah. uh, for, for family. So what's your experience with leaving when it feels like you're leaving family? Yeah, so that's, I, that's actually real close to home because the first time that I left AM it very much felt that way mm-hmm. you know and before I when I knew that I was leaving um, I knew that I was going to take the opportunity I gave him 60 days or so two months mm-hmm. notice because it was that I was that entrenched and ingrained in the organization and yeah. what mm-hmm. I was doing was that important to mm-hmm. the success of the company and you know and I did feel bad it felt really bad and um and I knew also that if I, I think part of what made it harder was I knew that if I went to Pedro the next day and said, hey, would you match this? I need more money. I need more mm-hmm. money. Yeah. He, he would have said yes in a heartbeat. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so that's that's what makes it even harder, you yeah. know. And so for me, it was like, uh, it was really, really hard because I helped grow this company from basically a pickup contractor where Pedro and I were working out of home offices, Mm -hmm. uh, meeting at Starbucks or coffee shops Mm -hmm. here and there to do our meetings and stuff to now we had an office. We had, you know, a massive backlog of work. We had a lot of like key clients that I'd helped develop and get the company. We'd hired an office staff Mm -hmm. to where we had like eight or nine people now. Mm -hmm. And most of them I had hired and helped bring on board and helped develop, Mm -hmm. you know, so walking away from that was extremely difficult you mm-hmm. know um, it was really really hard and I kept I kept telling myself that things would be fine and that the company would you know move forward mm-hmm. um, you know and they did to some degree uh, but I don't think I truly realized the impact of me leaving until after I left <laughs> yeah you know yeah. and then once I left about you know five six months into it and mm-hmm. I'm, talking to people that are still there and they're telling me some of the stuff that's going on, you know, it, 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 then it really hit home. Like, 
yeah, no, this it wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there's there's going to be that some wouldn't have happened on my watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 and it's tough stuff. And I think that it's important because you have your own family that you're looking after. Yep, and you also have have your own selfish interest to look yeah. after. And uh, I don't think it's necessarily wrong to have a selfish interest if there's a thing you want to be or or yeah. a person you want to be or a thing you want to do in your life. All I know, everybody has different beliefs, but all I know is that we're here right now. Yeah. We're here today. We're here for this duration. It's very and, true. And I want to get out of it everything that I can. Um, and I, if there's something in life that I failed to achieve and and I don't get the chance, I need to be okay with that. Yep. Yeah, and I don't regret the decision at all. I think it was a, it was a great decision for me. I also think it was good for AM. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when I was going through that process, a friend of mine gave me a great example. He basically said... That what happens in organizations is that people that are high performers, they end up becoming like a bearing wall within mm-hmm. the organization. Yep. Now, yep. when they were first hired on, they weren't intended to be a bearing wall. They yep. were just intended to be a wall, part of the organization. Mm-hmm. But they end up becoming a bearing wall because of their abilities, because of um, you know their work ethic and other things. Mm-hmm. And so, and then they can become a bottleneck. Yeah, and then it becomes a bottleneck, and then it becomes a problem because mm-hmm. now the business is basically relying on this bearing wall. Yeah, and there's only so much they can do, and it, eventually you get to a point where you got to take out the bearing wall. Yeah. And so yeah, I sort of forced that decision on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, so it's been good, and the the result of that coming back and coming out of that has been really really good. Mm-hmm. You know, my role, my job, and my responsibility are a lot more focused than Mm -hmm. they were. So, um, you know, there's a lot more focus to what I'm doing and how I'm providing value to the company instead of trying to deal with all these peripherals that I used to have to deal with because that was just a result of growth. Mm -hmm. And sometimes leaving is is the best thing that can happen for the company, assuming that it can withstand that loss Yeah, uh, because then they recognize the importance of you. But then you also have the the opportunity to see some of the outside world exactly. and, and experience yeah. some other things. So we come and bring some new information back with you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, well, so when we talked about leaving a prison, we talked about kind of covering your exit in the same way. When you leave a family, I think it's really important that to avoid as much of that kind of feeling of guilt as possible, that you make sure you leave them really well prepared. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So I was just talking about my mom retired. She spent the last month she worked there building this enormous binder mm-hmm. with everything anyone might need to know about any patient that had ever been on her report. Um, and I think that, that that's something that we can all do to kind of write down everything that anyone might need to know, in, especially in the like weeks after we leave. To, to the best of your ability. To the best yep. of our yeah. ability yeah. and within yeah. reason. And that was why I gave them 60 days was to be able to have this transition we just recently brought somebody else on as like an operations manager. So the whole mm-hmm. idea was to kind of, you know, get that guy prepared and then also mm-hmm. get the rest of our team prepared. Any like critical training that we needed to, you know, deliver to our team that I had the knowledge of to basically take care of that in the last 60 days. And, you know, to some degree, that's what I spent most of my time doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was my workload got less and less and less as I got closer to that. Um, day 60 when I was leaving because I was offloading more and more stuff to where the last week was really just about enjoying time with the people that were there Mm -hmm. and the relationships that I had built and fostered Mm -hmm. there. And I really like that Mm -hmm. too, that idea of making sure to make space for that. Uh, I read an article recently that talked about uh, 
I think it taught, I think it was, I don't remember if it was about leaving or about letting people go. Mm-hmm. But either, no, it was about leaving. It was about leaving. And it said, plan for your last day not to work at all. Just yeah. spend time mm-hmm. with those people because that's valuable too. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think having enough time to be able to do that is important, but it's the demonstration that that transition has happened in the way that it should. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I shared in our story, uh, what story time with Arcade, that that when I left working for the home builder, Clark, mm-hmm. I gave him six months notice. Yep. Yeah. Because I knew that yeah. not it wasn't just me that was critical to that organization, but Mary was too. Yeah. Uh, and so he cried and yeah. uh, didn't talk about it until three weeks before moving day mm-hmm. and said, are you going to hire your replacement? And at that point, I did, but it wasn't the person that I would have hired. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you weren't able to do the kind of training that you would mm-hmm. have done. I actually continued to run payroll for like three months after we were in Washington. I did drafting from here. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, leaving when there's nowhere to go, that's kind of another yeah. option here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So in the same way that we're, we're kind of covering, uh, covering our exit, we're talking about leaving everyone prepared. When there's nowhere to go, it's really important that we let them know that, that that's yeah. why we left. That exactly. it's structural. Yeah. Yep. Right? And and when uh, uh, when we leave because we don't see any opportunity to grow yes. or develop, it's important that we flag that. And, and typically, they can't really respond by just promoting you into a position that, that doesn't exist. Right. Because typically, <laughs> by the time you make the decision to leave, yeah. you're already gone. Yep. Mentally, you're already checked out. You're already thinking about the next... Yeah the next uh, step on yeah. your on your trip um, and it's important that I, I think that we need to have those conversations early so when we feel that that we want something more and we're not ready to leave yet we need to make sure that we're throwing those flags yep. so that there is the opportunity that that could be developed yep. yeah I've had that experience quite a bit this is probably the one that hits most home for me because my personality type and who I am there's a thing going around called the Enetogram or whatever. What is it? Enetogram. Enetogram? Yeah, and it's like nine different personality types. I guess it's been around for a really long time, but it is really helpful to kind of understanding who you are, what makes you tick. And the thing for me, the title of it is called the Successful Achiever. So, you know, for the successful achiever, anytime you hit a point yeah. where there's nowhere to go, mm-hmm. that's a problem for yeah. you. So that's <laughs> definitely thing. a problem for me. And so that happened in two of the jobs that I was at. One, I was working retail for uh, the Dunlumber Company. Great organization, great local company here in, in Seattle. Been here for over 100 years. Just amazing, amazing, amazing store. Uh, contractor's choice by a lot of contractors. Oh yeah, we use them extensively. Yes, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, I quickly worked my way up from being in the yard loading people's stuff in their trucks to actually being at the sales desk and you know, got a decent bump in pay for doing that. Mm-hmm. But after doing that for about a year and a half, I was going to school at the time as well for business um, business, business management. And um, I went through for one of my projects for business management and developed this whole like manager training program yeah. that Dunlumber can mm-hmm. implement and everything. And, and I actually presented it to... Mm-hmm. to you uh, had a pitch. Yeah, yeah. to the managers yeah. that were there. And they all like discussed it and it sparked like so much discussion amongst them. They came back to me and they were like, look, we are so grateful and helpful. This was so grateful and helpful for us. We love the idea of this. 
the reality is that just doesn't exist here. Like those <laughs> yeah. opportunities don't really present themselves oh, that much. I love it. Cause kind of the way that it had been is yeah. that if you were a good sales guy, you got promoted to like assistant manager. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and you sorry, know, that's you, just not the way we do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I, I had the opportunity, I was talking to a larger general contractor kind of just toying at the idea of working there. And, uh, then at one point, I recognized that I didn't want to be a PM anymore. Yeah. I didn't want to run projects. I feel like yeah. I, I saw that life, but I wanted to do larger things, bigger things, development things. Yeah. And the response from, from their director was, that's just not the way we do it here. You have to be yeah. a senior PM for 10 years. Right. And then once you achieve essentially partner yep. in this large firm, uh, you can have a passion project and you can yep. do whatever you want. And yeah. The decision I made at that point was I'm not going to sit here for 10 years for the chance to start doing what I want. Right. Right. And so we need to, to identify those folks inside of our organization and do whatever we can to keep them because those are yeah. the talented people that, that will drive the development for the business. Yep. Absolutely. You know, that's very true. And I mean, my thing was like, I realized back then, even in business school, it's like, Good sales guys don't necessarily make great managers, mm-hmm. right? You know, different it's thing. Very, a different thing. Yeah, you know? different tool so, bag. So, um, yeah, that was kind of the intent behind that. The other one was I was working for a um, HOA, actually. Um, mm-hmm. They hired their management directly, the HOA. There was like a master umbrella association that had seven like associations underneath it. So it was, it was huge. It was massive property out in Issaquah. And um, I got hired on during the recession after I'd lost my job as a project engineer somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, making a lot less. Uh, but I got hired on just as like a maintenance tech, mm-hmm. but quickly got moved up to managing their capital improvement projects. And so it was a really great experience for me. I learned a lot, but again, I got to a point where it was like, there was nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. Everybody there was a retirement mm-hmm. community. And so everybody's living on fixed income. Mm-hmm. There isn't a lot of like opportunity for like salary bumps. Mm-hmm. The next step up for me would have been facility manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved my boss. I thought he was a great guy. In my opinion, he wasn't going to be going anywhere mm-hmm. anytime soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so when you're waiting for people to <laughs> yeah. die for a promotion, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a morbid perspective. Yes. Yeah. But that is not a good business model. And we, we talk about that in terms of measuring growth and keeping growth moving in a positive direction. Some yeah. folks will say, we don't want to grow at all. We're happy the size we are. We're right. happy exactly where we're at. We have a good corner of the market. But the truth is, if you don't grow at all, yeah. then you Seniors. stagnate. There's right? nowhere for anyone to go. Yeah. And yep. so then all of the people who we want to keep in our organization and and help drive that growth, we need to give them a place to go. Yeah. One, well, and, and everybody's a little bit different in terms yeah. of how... I would say ambitious, but it's not even ambition. It's it's how much are, are you a compulsive learner or not? Right. And and I think if you look at most situations where you're unhappy, it's most often not really to do with the money. Right. More money is great, yeah. and you always need more money, but that's typically not the biggest that's problem. Exactly right. Yeah. The big problem is I have a need, I have a desire, I have a compulsion to learn. Yes. And if I don't have an environment or input that I can absorb yeah. and, and grow, then yeah. I'm not going to fare well. And not everybody's like that, and that's okay. Yeah. Well, and I think zoom back from that because there are other needs too. Like mm-hmm. sometimes we see places where uh, I remember talking to someone who said, you know, I like this job, but I remember my last job. I had an office, and it was me and two or three other gals in this office together. Yeah. And now it's just me in here. 
and I hate it. Mm-hmm. And I and now she has a team, which yes. is awesome. Yep. But the point is, like sometimes it's a social need mm-hmm. where we need other people around us, and we're all by ourselves. Or sometimes it's the opposite of that. Sometimes we're in the middle of an open office with everyone working all around us, and we have a coder brain, and we need to just have a space where we can be by ourselves. Yeah, we had a a safety director who, he was at a a very good company, and he left, essentially because of the open office. I think there was some politics there, but he could not work uh, with focus or diligence. He didn't feel like he was doing a good job because of the open office. And he's not a guy you'd want to lose. Yeah. With, with all the talk of how to, uh, or let's say reasons why people leave, mm-hmm. then what are the best ways to leave? So of course we want to leave well, and that's kind of what the topic is, right? Is yeah. it leaving, leaving well? well. Yes. Leaving, leaving well. well with Jason Lang. <laughs> so what are the important pieces we need to make sure that we cover uh, when we're leaving well? Yeah, I think uh, especially in construction, I know you can speak to this with a lot of your experience, but if you're running a project yes. <laughs> and you are the brain of the project, yep. I think it's really important that if you're going to leave, mm-hmm. that if you can, try and stay at the end of that project yep. right, and plan yep. for it. Yes. And okay. I know you've done really well at giving a lot of notice yep. in that case sometimes. Um, well, and I, I, in that case, gave a year and a half. Yeah. And it was because I was already waist deep in the project. Yeah. And I wasn't worried about my security. I could right. find a, a job somewhere else pretty easily, but I knew... The, it, the leverage that I had in the situation yeah. was huge. Yeah. And it wasn't for, I wasn't trying to, to uh, stomp around or, right. or uh, take advantage of it, but I felt yeah. really comfortable that, that I know enough about this job that nothing is gonna happen. Right. right? Yeah. But it's important that you do give notice, not always a year and a half, but try to stick to the end of the project, yep. if at all possible, because if you're that critical linchpin on yeah. the project, that project is going to hurt without you. It will. Yeah. And I think so in lieu of that, let's say that you don't have that time frame. I yeah. think one of your biggest focuses needs to be preparing for whoever, who's the next closest person to the project. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's an assistant project manager, maybe it's a superintendent, maybe mm-hmm. it's a project engineer, maybe it's even an owner. Mm-hmm. But basically taking the time that you have left exclusively to prepare them for what's going on. Yeah. Like regardless of the other duties that you do, if you're leaving mid-project, like mm-hmm. all of your time mm-hmm. that you've given notice on has to be spent basically mm-hmm. uploading the information yeah. elsewhere. Right? And and on a large project, I'll try to, to tie into what phase are we completing. Yeah. So if, if I can't stay the whole duration of the project, what phase does it make the most sense to leave in yeah. such that let's say we've closed as many mm-hmm. uh, loose ends as we can yeah. and then we can kind of move forward from there. Yeah. And hopefully if you do a really good job, like mm-hmm. if they utilize all the principles that you guys teach in your classes and training, that the information is there, it's yes. easy to follow, it's easy to access, right? So that's, and, and I think staying accessible too. Yeah. So especially if you leave on good terms. Yeah. Uh, when I left uh, my, my last project, I kind of went down to part-time and yeah. stayed on as long as I needed to. And I basically just build hourly for yeah. the time that, that was associated with that project. So I think at my last paycheck, I had like five hours yeah. or something. And that transitionary period worked really well because they had all the support they needed. I yep. still got paid for, for contributing to the project, um, but everything was tied up. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's, that's a good point. You know, that definitely happened with AM Exteriors. 
think I was getting phone calls for AMX tours like up until the <laughs> point that I left my last job to come mm. back to AMX right. tours. So I still get calls on my other phone sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, now I have a work phone, so it's better. It's separate, but uh, so one of the the pieces that I, I make sure to take care of is securing all of your networking information. So yeah. if you're leaving, yep. you have all of your contacts, and and it's you don't even take it for the purpose of uh, of stealing clients or anything along no. those lines, but you you spend your years building your network and building your associations with folks. Yeah. So it's important that you capture that and carry it with you. It is. LinkedIn yeah. is great for that if you're mm-hmm. actually using it because that's something yep. that's part of that's yours and not really part of your company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not everybody's on there. Right. Yeah. LinkedIn's a game changer for that, like <laughs> compared to what it used to be. Mm-hmm. So bringing a little Rolodex, little business cards, and all yeah. that stuff. So. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. So uh, then I think understanding what belongs to you, mm-hmm. you know, when you've been at a place for a really long time, there can be a lot of questions. You know, yeah. uh, if you have a laptop, if you just got a brand new laptop, then yeah, that probably yep. is just something you leave. <clears throat> if you've been using this laptop for 10 years, is this something that you can just take with you? Right. Uh, maybe, but it's a conversation that needs to yeah. be had. Yeah, you want to make sure you talk about it. Yep. Yeah, yeah I mean, when I left AM, I had a iPad. I liked the iPad and been using the iPad for work. I used it a little bit at home. And um, I liked it enough to where I basically told Pedro, I was like, look, can we just, what if I give you like this much for mm-hmm. the iPad and you just take it out of my last check and I keep the iPad? Yeah. I still have it. My wife uses it all the time. My kids mm-hmm. use it. I use yeah. it. So. Well, and, and so from an accounting standpoint, they can depreciate those. Yep. They typically do over the years and yep. there's like a $50 buyout. Yeah. Uh, so that's perfectly cool. Or you can negotiate just part of your severance as yep. you know whatever that looks yeah. like. Especially with small companies when they can't necessarily afford that severance, mm-hmm. yeah. then that can be a good way to manage that. When we left your mm-hmm. brother's company, mm-hmm. uh, that was we took a truck, mm-hmm. we took a set of tools. Yeah. Uh, took and that basically was, one one setup. Yep. That was basically just like keep, our severance. Keep working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. When you heard that story though, so. yes. Yeah. So not the nitty gritty details, yeah. but a bit of it. Well, I think the last piece is leaving well for your company. Mm-hmm. A lot of this has been talking about how to leave well for them mm-hmm. yep. so that they aren't mad at you, yep. but leaving well for you. Because if yeah. you feel like you just gave everything up, you didn't get the severance you feel you deserved, you didn't get the laptop you feel you deserved, and you leave feeling like you got screwed in the deal, that's not good either. So making sure that you don't just leave well in their eyes, but yep. in your eyes too. But I think the another part, when, when you're leaving, and let's say you're leaving a family, the family situation, and it can feel hard for you to do the leaving. And then when you look at their reactions when you're leaving, yeah. when you put yourself in their shoes, and, and if you're a key piece of the team and you're, you're taking off, you've got bigger, better things to do, it's hurtful. It hurts. Yeah. And it feels like you've been rejected. Feels like you're yeah. you're being abandoned. So it's important that when we're the ones doing the leaving, that we we help them to fill in the gap with the thing that's real. Yep. So that they understand the real picture of it. Because yeah. I guarantee you, whatever the real picture is, it's not as bad as what they're going to fill it with. Yep. Yeah. No, that's true. I mean, the last company that I just left, you know, we they have a formal exit interview mm-hmm. process, which was which was good. And mm-hmm. They asked some good questions, but you know. I think one of the biggest things, you know, I had lunch with my former boss mm-hmm. about two weeks ago. And we had a great, great time, great yeah. conversation because there were no hard feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, it was literally the way that I explained it is that like 
I had to explain to my kids. They're like, Dad, why are you leaving your job? <laughs> and I said, well, you know how in school sometimes there's certain subjects that you really like, you really enjoy. And if you had your way, mm-hmm. you would do those subjects all the exclusively time. Yep. all yeah. the time. All the and time. the other ones that you don't necessarily enjoy, mm-hmm. you wouldn't do those unless you absolutely had to, yep. right? yeah. unless it was essential. And so what I told them is I, I said, for me, it felt like in the job that I was in, I was doing the subjects that I didn't really enjoy mm-hmm. 80 to 90% of the time. Yep. Yep. The stuff I really did enjoy, I only had to do 10% of the time. Yep. And that's nothing to do with the company. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. a really good way it's of me industry. explaining yeah. Yeah. to my former boss, that like, look, this has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. It's just the way that your company, the way that things are structured there versus the what I get to do mm-hmm. here, this one fills, fills me up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this one doesn't. So what else, what do we miss? I think we're doing pretty good. Covered a whole we, lot there. Yeah, I've covered a whole lot. But um, yeah, I just I think it really kind of goes back to just this general principle of treating people with respect um, and, you know, almost in some ways treating an organization with respect as well. You yeah, know? absolutely. And, and I've always firmly believed that. Like, I hate wasting the organization's time. Yeah. I've always been like that, you know. And when I'm part of an organization, I want to do my very best. Mm-hmm. I want to give my all. And my assumption, default position, is that most people do. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and it's it's our job as leaders to help kind of align them with how they can best serve our organization, how they can yeah. best serve the company. Mm-hmm. So nobody, Yeah, nobody wants to feel like the dead weight yeah. at their at their company, <laughs> at their right. family. Nobody and wants to everybody wants to feel like they're good at something. Yep. But everybody I, I believe wants to do a good job. They want yeah. to be good at a thing. They want to contribute. Yeah. Right. It, it, and I think the, the exceptions to that are just really anomalies. Well, and I think really when are. when people point at somebody and say, well, that guy, that guy doesn't want to do a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a study that they did on rats. They do a lot of terrible things to rats in terms of science. <laughs> right. But so they did this study on rats where they basically they shock them. And then like it's like the rat can do something in particular that will stop them from being shocked. And they figure that out pretty quickly. Yeah. And then they do that every time. And then there's another group of rats and they shock them and it doesn't matter what they do, nothing can stop them from getting shocked. Right. And pretty quickly they give up and they just lay down. Yeah. And then when they put them into other circumstances, they become less inventive, right. less interested in trying to figure yeah. stuff out because what they've learned is you can't change your outcome. Yeah. And right. I think- It's just like this. We had a, a class, a construction, a tech writing class, and a guy in the class said, construction projects just all go bad. That's just construction for that's you. That's just construction. And that's his experience and that's his reality. So he just lays down when it goes bad so because there's no changing it. Yeah. So when you see somebody and you say, that person just doesn't want to do a good job, mm-hmm. look at them and ask yourself, are they in that place? Are they that rep that yeah. just hasn't, doesn't try anymore because in their experience, there is no way you can change that Do they outcome? have too much scar tissue? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. And on that fine note, yeah. well... What else? Well, you, so where can you find AM Exteriors if you want to find out so more? So our uh, website. You, you can find AM Exteriors. <laughs> yeah, you can find AM Exteriors on the web, uh, www.amexteriorsusa.com. There you go. So oh, amexteriorsusa.com. You know, previously, funny story, we used to have amexteriors.co. Okay. okay. Well, you can't imagine the amount of confusion and stuff <laughs> that threw people off and not yep. getting emails. I think so. it's just a typo on your business yeah. card. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. yeah, exactly. So yeah. that created such a problem that we eventually came up with a way to get a .com yeah. domain and not have to pay somebody $15,000 for AMXSeries.com. Right. right. So, 
Um, anyways, it's amixturesusa.com. Uh, you can and find Jason Lang. Yeah, you can find me. Uh, you know, my name is just Jason Jason L at amixteriorsusa.com. Yeah, That's on me. LinkedIn. Yep, and on uh, LinkedIn as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I try to post a lot of stuff on LinkedIn. You post a lot of stuff. I'm yeah. always jealous of your uh, fairy posts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh. I just get... took one of those pictures the other day. I haven't put it up yet, but yeah, I was like, <laughs> we'll enjoying the it. end of the good weather here. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us. You can find us at www.thecriticalpathwithmaryandjason.com. Soon not, to be maybe n- another shorter address. Yeah, I think we're going to put something up. Jason is really unhappy with it's that not, address. It's not .co. It's not .co. <laughs> no. It's Got that .com. code for you. You can, yeah. you can find us uh, at fun.co. That's not true. No? No. That's not a thing. <laughs> we already have enough domains. You can find us at jasonisbetterthanmary.com. That's not a thing either. Watch for it's it. It's not a website or Watch a thing. Watch for it. It's neither. <laughs> you can find us on LinkedIn at Jason Sturgeon, Mary Sturgeon, Arcade Wayfinding. Yeah. You can find us at the fall event yes. for ABC. Trapeze event. Yeah, springing big surprises on everyone. Get ready. It's going to be good. You can find us at our Halloween party on October 30th. Come check it out and get punked. Yep, do it. That's actually going to be, by the time this airs, that'll be coming up in just a few days. There you go. Be there or be square. Watch for it. Watch for it. Well, so we don't have any outtakes. Yeah. So I was thinking about outtakes, and I was thinking we did Wendy Novak mm-hmm. last week, yeah. and we found out that she didn't know anything about who the X-Men are in any way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. So, so before we... Well, I mean, she knew the word X-Men, but she was yeah. like, I don't... We were like, who's your favorite X-Men? And she was like, I don't know X-Men. <laughs> I don't know an X-Men. Yeah. So I have to ask, though, do you have a favorite episode of the podcast? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I really enjoyed the one that you guys did recently with your story. Yeah, <laughs> that was Story time with our those kids. those two episodes were. In fact, I texted you in the middle. You of the did. You were listening yeah. to. Yeah. And I was like, I am laughing my ass off over here <laughs> listening to you guys and the interplay between you guys through that. So that was a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed that one a lot. Uh, that was really, really good. When I think the uh, uh, we really hesitated to record that one, and we didn't want to do it right out of the gate. We wanted to kind of get some some traction, some distance in, yep. and. Not everybody's necessarily going to be interested in it, so you have to be kind of sensitive to that. But it was a lot of fun, but I think that was the third or fourth time we tried to record that one. It was the first yeah. episode. We kept yeah. trying. That's why we had to have the scotch involved, because yeah. it just kept bailing. It, it, it wasn't going to happen. Scotch It wasn't going to happen. Yeah. What else? X-Men? X-Men. So, then yeah. you do know the X-Men, oh, at least yes. a little. Yes. Your favorite? Um, yeah, I think... i got to go with so a story that uh, I don't know that we've told on the podcast is uh, what I had. I broke my leg at roller derby coaching. I probably have said that before. Uh, and we're sitting there and Jason looks at the doctor and just dead serious. <laughs> this we're is, in, so the we're in the emergency room. room. Yeah. Like Sunday night, yeah. like 1030 at night, and, we're and at the roller rink. The, doctor, night. Night. the doctor is explaining <laughs> to us what it is that he's going to do while Mary's leg is in a pile of bundled sticks. Yeah. 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 And Jason just looks at him and he's like, so will you be using methyl or adamantium? <laughs> and the doctor's like, those... 
aren't metals that we use, this will be titanium. Totally overdid. That's great. But he, he had no he, a terrible bedside manner, and uh, he was actually a terrible doctor. He was kind of a did a pretty doctor. bad job yeah. on the repair. But and didn't get my joke, so I knew we should have just gotten a different doctor should at have that just point. Left right yeah. then. But so then the kids always say, "I'm Wolverine now because I have uh, the metal." Bunch of stuff you yeah, a bunch yeah. of metal. What else? So you're still standing by Gambit. Yeah. Why? He's so cool. All he needs is a deck of cards, and that's it. I guess, and then he can throw them if he wants. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like of the all guy the that's the guy that's really fast too, that can like run around and kind of like the time stand still. That guy's Flash? Yeah. Well, no, no, there's it's not an Flash. X-Man. No, there's an X-Men. There's an X-Men. Um, who's I, I can't remember which one he is, but basically it's when the is X-Men it Nightcrawler. No, it's not like not Nightcrawler. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's the house is literally like blowing up, and it shows everything in like slow speed. Where he's like taking everybody out of there mm-hmm. while it's blowing up. His, it's pretty, pretty. His cool. power is Flash like, okay. but he yeah. is not Flash. So he's like the Flash equivalent. Yeah, because Flash Very is DC. Yeah, yeah, I know that. <laughs> Come on.